from KQED. Everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamitra. And we're the hosts of The, the Cooler. This week, getting work and getting paid is normally a good thing. So we'll be exploring why Crazy Rich Asian star Constance Wu didn't think so last week and asking why do we expect certain folks to be so grateful? And Chef Curry, and that is Chef Aisha Curry, is here to inspire us all to speak our minds and examine some of these archaic relationship expectations. And I, for one, I'm here for it. And I'll be schooling y'all on what a shoey is and what to do when you don't want to give your number to a creep in a bar. Jamidra Emmanuel, Friday afternoon on the internet. Traditionally, am I correct, it is a quite slow time? Mm, yeah, we can all. I mean, for me, it's for scrolling Westerosi memes mm-hmm. and doing the what cephalopod quiz are you on BuzzFeed. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I'm a squid. <laughs> but guys, not so last week. Did you see what went down with Constance Wu? I heard rumblings, but I don't know the specifics. I was on vacation in New Orleans and <laughs> everyone on this bachelorette party trip... <laughs> Stopped what they were doing and read all the mess. Oh, it was that big. It was wild. So I'm going to break it down for you quickly. Hmm. Constance Wu, she's the star of the TV show Fresh Off the Boat and mega hit movie Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. She is pretty noted for being outspoken. So it's Friday afternoon. Constance Wu suddenly tweets, so upset right now that I'm literally crying. Uh, And then follows that up with another tweet (laughs) that just reads, Hell. And no one can work out why. And then people start to put two and two together. Her show, Fresh Off the Boat, just got renewed. And some eagle-eyed person sees that she has commented on the Instagram announcement of her own show's renewal with the word dislike. Wait a minute. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. No, it's exactly what you're thinking. She's unhappy that her show got renewed. But wait a minute. So she tweeted that. Uh-huh. And then she unliked. She literally wrote the word dislike on an Instagram post about her own TV show getting renewed. Okay. And then a Twitter user said, congrats on the renewal. What a great bit of news. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, it's not. So, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to work out what is going on here. Levels, all right. So people start hypothesizing that she wants freedom from her TV show so she can basically go and be a movie star, which she's starting to be with Crazy Rich Asians. And so you have this pot boiler of this good old-fashioned guessing game paired with the opportunity to comment on this celebrity's like perceived lack of graciousness. A lot of people have been like, what are you doing? The show gives work to a lot of people. Why do you get to be so selfish? And things got messy. And a lot of people were saying some pretty nasty stuff about her, about how she's graceless and not very kind in real life. So this is a perfect opportunity to remind you of the kind of behavior that we apparently prefer to hear from our celebrities and it's an excuse to play a track from pop star Never Stop Never Stopping which is one of the finest films ever made I mean you have to be humble if you add is to every single humble list I think Kendrick Lamar would be very <laughs> yes. happy to hear that 
Because he said famously, sit down, be humble. Right. And it sounds like they're taking the advice. Yeah. I also just want to implore everyone to stop what they're doing and go and watch Pop Star because it's so stupid and funny <laughs> at the same time. So, guys, this kind of feels like familiar territory, right? This is not the first time a female celebrity has been slammed for perceived ungratefulness mm. or not quite publicly performing gratitude, shall we say. And like, we should be clear that this is not just women who get called ungrateful. This is not just a female epidemic. Audiences tend not to respond very well to a lack of humility in any filthy rich person. Mm. You know, let's, uh, let's hear it from Betty White giving her opinions on ungrateful people such as Justin Bieber to Larry King. <laughs> I get furious, if you must know. I think it's such an ungrateful thing to do. Do you know the millions of people on this planet who would sell their eye teeth to do what we're doing? And for them to, to think, well, I've got it coming to me, I'm a star. No, it, uh, I just think it's unforgivable. Damn, when you lose okay. Betty White, you've uh -huh. lost. Mm. I want to point out that the rustling sound that you can hear in that clip is her maniacally petting a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. <laughs> Come through. All the way through the clip. I mean, if you're going to throw the shade, you got to <laughs> pet a dog or a cat, like some kind of furry animal while you do it. I think the dog was miked. Mm. I think that's the sound you can hear. <laughs> but you can't deny it. Women do get a different and more intense treatment when they're perceived as not being like sufficiently grateful for the opportunities that have been bestowed upon them. Names that come to mind for me that are male mm. that have exhibited similar behavior. Daniel Craig mm -hmm. famously does not want to do Bond anymore. And he has said as much oh, in yeah. interviews. It's wild. He gets to be paid to be buff on screen. Come and... out of the sea in his, in his tighty whities Yeah, exactly. What is wrong with that? I actually went back to look at what Daniel Craig said around being Bond because I remembered it as just like wildly ungrateful. And I thought, it couldn't have been that bad, right? Oh, it's actually worse than I remembered. <laughs> so he, it was with an interview with Time Out and they'd asked him just after making Skyfall, which is a great movie, by the way, can you imagine doing another Bond movie? And quoth he, now I'd rather break this glass and slash my wrists. Whoa. Oh, in the interview? Uh-huh. Oh. We're done. All I want to do is move on. And also, if I did another Bond movie, it would only be for the money. Huh? Girl! Didn't we, he do another one? He did another <laughs> one. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing we got to remember. If we back up, back up, back up. Acting is a job just like any other, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can get sick of any job. I always think about musicians in the way that they have a hit song. And I'm like, God, I'm sure they're tired of singing this song and they just want to probably like throw this song off they're the over side it. of a... Yeah, they're, they're over they're it. They're over it. They're like, I just wish that I didn't have to do this anymore. And so, and then when you think about actors, particularly if you're like a Bond or if you're like on a television show, I think there's a fear after a while that you're going to be typecast and people won't see you past that role and you won't ever break out of that role and they're trying, they gotta, they're trying to build some longevity. Another man who didn't suffer much consequence for saying he hated his project was Robert Pattinson in Twilight. Mm -hmm. oh. Really didn't want to do that. So there is this double standard here, but it doesn't mean that Constance Wu wasn't, how should I phrase this? Out of pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like we are inclined to come down harder on women mm -hmm. for the same behaviors. That is wrong. But it doesn't mean that Constance Wu was in the right to be this messy and ungrateful. Yeah. I think we should be treating Robert Pattinson and Bond the same way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that she's also not a jerk. 
And a brat. This, I think, is bigger than Hollywood misogyny. Like, the gender expectations here, and let's be honest, it is topped with an unhealthy little dollop of racism as well. I think for a lot of people, Constance Wu isn't acting like they think that an Asian woman should. Mm -hmm. Um, They expect something from her that she's not delivering, and they are acting accordingly and punishing her for it. There is this expectation that certain folks, certain types of folks, like, publicly perform Humility. I feel that with Meghan Markle as well. I feel so much of the press backlash against her, particularly in the UK, is because they're not perceiving her to be grateful enough for this amazing opportunity of just like marrying some dude who's grateful. Did you see her? Did you see Harry? Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. Whoa. Prince or not? Wow. She's now widely regarded Mm. as the prize of the royal family. Did you see the back of the head though? He put. (laughs) She put that ginger on. (laughs) I'm here to play. So. Oh my god! I well, I just have this feeling that this stuff. I know this is rich people, and it's it's Hollywood, and who cares, right? But I care because I think this stuff extends into daily life. This scene from the modern masterpiece Mean Girls can just <laughs> sum it up for me. I think you're like really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? Oh. Not receiving compliments correctly, quote unquote. I think that's something that a lot of people, particularly women, but like a lot of people face every day. Someone says something nice about you and you say thank you. And people are a little bit taken aback that you've just received it and you haven't deflected it. You know what? Somebody once told me what I heard twice on two other podcasts recently is no is a complete sentence. Right. Mm. Thank you is also a complete sentence when you think about it. The period comes after. Yes. Not... Thank you, but I kind of look frumpy or, oh, my voice isn't great. Mm -hmm. Always the self-deprecating cutting down Mm -hmm. of yourself. But I wonder when we learn to do that. And this is the thing of like, even in the workplace, if someone compliments you for a job well done, I find that one problem I have is always styling it as a team effort. Even Mm. when I know that I did the damn thing myself, I'll use we, we did a great job. The team really did well. No. There are studies that show that women, when we talk about our accomplishments, we talk about them in a team effort. Whereas men, when they talk about candidates, jobs, men will be like, I did this, mm-hmm. even though they were like a bit person on this team. Right. Whereas women are like, we did this effort. And yeah. Because yeah. if the woman is using I a lot, they'll be like, she's kind of puffed up. And then you fall into that trap. And then what can you do? I mean, it sounds like you've come up against that yourself. Mm-hmm. All the time. I'm working on it. I'm working on being less humble. Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> And I know that we look at this Constance Wu tweet behavior and we're like, oh, it's still icky. Even though we know that she's facing it unfairly, there's still that ickiness of like, don't be weird about the fact that you just got a new job. (laughs) I just need her to get like a group chat or something like she needs friends. You could you could you need you need friends to talk about this. Do not the Internet. Well, apparently when you're running around acting like that, you don't have many friends. Her co-star from Crazy Rich Asians, Gemma Chan, Mm, liked a tweet Mm. that said, Constance Wu's conduct today comes as no surprise to anyone who has worked with her in recent years. She has a reputation for being rude, petty, mean-spirited, and ungrateful. And her co-star went, like, yes, she does. And then tried to play it off as an accidental like. Right. I was just scrolling Mm. and accidentally hit that button. Whoops. mm. (sighs) Right. I'm not saying that it's cool to, you know, publicly crap on all of your co-stars and the crew that make your TV show happen. But I'm just saying there might be something in here about not having to be grateful all the time. Webster's defines gratitude as coming from the Latin word gratis, which means pleasing and agreeable. 
So maybe being grateful is less about showing the right amount of thankfulness for something and more about pleasing people and making other people comfortable. And let's be honest, that's something that women are taught from birth that they should do. So I'm just saying, maybe flipping the bird on that, even if it looks gross and gauche to the outside world, maybe that's one way this stuff starts to change. Well, you know what, f*** them, Constance. You say what you want to say. (laughs) Go forth. Be less humble. Relationships. They can be quite lovely, can't they? Sometimes. They can. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Spoken by three people who've been in long term <laughs> relationships. Well, out of all the good, there are a few drawbacks with being in relationships. And one, which I think that most people, if they're honest with themselves, will admit is being in a long term relationship, being tied to one person or multiple people, depending on how you get down. Ooh. But if you're in a committed situation, one of the things is you might lose sight of what your quote unquote market value is. Mm. Because you've been off the market for a while. You don't really know. You haven't had the assessors in for a while. Exactly. What's what's the IPO? We don't know. We don't know. Do you an appraisal? (laughs) So one person who wondered that this week in front of a bit of a red table and a camera and microphones and lights and a set was celebrity chef Aisha Curry. Now, you know her. Mm -hmm. Wife of Steph Curry. Mother of Riley. Exactly. Beautiful children. Not mother of dragons, but of Riley. (laughs) She can't have dragons have Riley. She joined... Jada Pinkett Smith, for a bit of a red table talk. And she brought her family to all of the Curry ladies were there. If you haven't seen the episode yet, you need to check it out just so you can, one, check out Steph's mom because the woman is 53 and she looks fabulous. And if you watch the episode for no other reason, I just want you to hear Jada Pinkett say this. Pause right there for one second. This woman says she's 53. <laughs> right? Let me tell you something. You don't love 53! Okay, just for that alone. Just for that alone. Wow, that was in a frequency I rarely hear. Oh, exactly. I do love Jada. The interview was really interesting. Although people chose, or the internet chose, to latch onto one thing, and that is how Aisha responded to Jada's question about how the women handle the fact that their men are like widely sought after. Something that really bothers me and like honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, like there are all these women like throwing themselves, but me, like the past 10 years, like I don't have any of that. Like I have zero, this sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then, you like, I begin to internalize it. it and I'm like, you're, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. What, you're not like, looking. Where's the beefcake? Mm. Where are the men who are sliding into her DMs? Also, love the subtle shade that Jada and co are throwing by saying, you're not looking, therefore you're not feeling the attention. Mm. Implying, therefore, that Steph is very much looking (laughs) because of the attention he's receiving. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. Well, then, so Jada's mom, you know, she, elder, elder Jada, got in there and she did talk about the responsibility of the men to sort of like push it off. And then Aisha said that Steph is really nice. Mm. And she said he doesn't always recognize when there is 
female attention thrown at him. And so she's had to insert herself in situations because he thinks it's innocent, but she sees otherwise. So then Jada offered her perspective, which I thought was really interesting. She talked about laws of nature. And I'll just leave it at that. You should really listen to it. But she has some explanation as to why women throw themselves as successful men. I mean, love Will Smith, but I have seen the promotional photos for him as the genie in Aladdin. <laughs> I'm just saying that that attention is staved off for like a good decade. I mean, that's not the Fresh Prince I remember. <laughs> but yes. What if the whole Aladdin thing is Jada's idea? She was like, here, this script looks great, boo. Um, yes, that CGI looks amazing. Do that. You should definitely take this role. Because no side hose for you for a decade. For a decade. Ooh. So Steph apparently has all of the side hose throwing themselves at him. Aisha expressed the fact that she doesn't have that same level of attention and she feels a little insecure about it. And immediately she was hit with all kinds of nasty things on the Internet. People had things to say. They were disappointed that she would even have these thoughts like, how dare you, madam? Insufficiently humble. You are married to a wealthy NBA basketball player and you are rich. How dare you want to have an identity of your own in which people find you attractive, independent of your husband and your attachment to him. And so that was... You know, and I don't know about you guys, but in my personal feed, that was what was happening on Friday for me. A lot of my own friends, I was just like, who are you people? They were criticizing her for having the nerve to feel insecure, which I think is a natural reaction. I, everyone likes to be liked. Everyone wants to be wanted. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. That's why we're all on Instagram. We want validation Duh. and likes, literally. The like functionality is there for a reason because we like being liked. Yes. I saw the same tweets on Friday or whatever day this happened, and I turned into that confused math lady meme because <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out what the big deal was about what she said. Like, she was just being vulnerable about her insecurities that we all have, mm-hmm. and people decided to blow it out of proportion and dunk on her over it. Like, mm. what is wrong with wanting to feel desired? I don't see the problem. The stuff that struck me about what she was saying about feeling that she became invisible as a married woman, mm-hmm. as Steph Curry's partner, it struck me because it was just so old-fashioned. Yes. it's It feels like straight from the 50s. And I know that a lot of women talk about the invisibility of getting older. You literally feel you don't get people looking at you on the street, not just, you know, for with attention. They just or, don't see you anymore. They just don't see you. And I hadn't heard anyone frame partnership and marriage and motherhood in that sense Mm -hmm. but I don't know there are some parallels there but it just felt so old-fashioned like she'd retired from society it's like girl you didn't die you got married well think about it because she's like not only is she like married and she has three children which I'm saying is a mother three children child you do feel invisible after a while people just talk to my kids they don't even see me anymore but then you like add on the layer of the fact that her husband is such a superstar and then it's just kind of like hi Steph oh Mm. who are you it's like that person over there so I can understand why she feels that way but here's a question what if Steph had said that? What if the tables were turned and he talked about wanting attention from someone other than his wife? Would it would be would the reaction have been different? It doesn't make sense for him to say that mm. because he is not relegated to this like obedient wife and mother. Well, I mean, like, what if he was Stedman? What if Stedman was on? What if Stedman <laughs> bringing showed, up Stedman again? <laughs> what if Stedman showed up? For, by the way, author of twelve books. Who knew? All of which Carly pointed out in a text thread have never appeared on Oprah's books list. Wow. Oprah's book list. The ultimate shade. Like, what if Stedman got on, you know, he went on The Breakfast Club? <laughs> As if. I'm already loving this hypothetical scenario. Keep going. So what if Stedman went on The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne was like, hey, <laughs> like, let's let's talk about relationships. And he said, you know what? It really bothers me that people are checking for Oprah and nobody's ever checking for me. Like, will we feel differently? 
I, there's like a neediness there as well. And mm. neediness is one of the things that we're always really contemptuous of in other people, mainly because we're frightened to be needy ourselves. Mm. You know, you, you hate most in other people what you recognize most in yourself. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I like that's so that's so creepy and stupid that she would want to be desired. But everyone wants to be desired. Mm-hmm. These are just things that make us human. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why we are judging them. If Stedman said that, I'll be like, yeah. If I was always standing next to Oprah and everyone's running up to her and telling her she's a god and whatever, and I wrote 12 books and you guys just noticed, <laughs> I would feel a certain type of way about it. And that is a human thing to say. It's maybe not culturally accepted thing to say on radio. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, like we said in the last segment, be humble and grateful. But. Sometimes you just got to keep it real. And that's what the Red Talk table is all about. That's what it's about. But it goes on Facebook where people are not going to respect the sanctity of the room and the space Mm -hmm. that they're holding. That is very true. It was a nuanced conversation. And when it gets over to social media, it's suddenly all of the nuances are stripped away. And all you get are like the pull quotes Mm -hmm. and it's the headline. It's Aisha Curry. I wish that guys looked at me. Mm -hmm. So it was reduced to one soundbite. And she did. She came out later and she basically said she's going to speak her truth. She was being honest about her insecurities. And you know who else is not tripping off of her expressing her feeling? Her husband. That's how Jesus <laughs> says it in the clip. He's not worried about her expressing her insecurities. He, in fact, took to social media to tell her how proud he was of her. He said, proud of you for being authentic and putting yourself out there, not being afraid of the potential shit and nonsense that could and did come at you. Way more positive than negative with all of this. Keep being you. I love you. So why are y'all tripping is the question. Everybody else, just get a life. One thing that you said earlier, Carly, that struck me was this whole attack and the framing of what she said was way old fashioned. Mm. Right. And so it got me to thinking about all of the old fashioned expectations that people superimpose on other folks in relationships and that we put on ourselves. And I thought about some of the things that I've caught flack for in my personal life within my relationship. Like, I don't give a damn if my (laughs) husband has friends of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Like, both of us are cisgender, heterosexual. I'm attracted to men. He's attracted to women. Whether or not he has women friends, that does not bother me at all. And it's the same thing with him because why? It's called trust. It's called trust. Another thing, people always insist, I don't know how you guys feel about it, they always insist that you get rid of every single remnant of whatever past relationship you have once you get into a new one listen an ex-girlfriend made g this blanket when they were together it's mine now and it's warm (laughs) and it's comfortable and i love it and if she's listening thank you girl i love that blanket (laughs) oh my god but do you guys have any rules that you sort of like buck up against or that you've had people call you on and you're like you know what i won't be doing that not in my personal circles because i think if i started to face weird comments from people i would make sure they weren't in my life for Mm -hmm. much longer But an acquaintance of my husband did tell him that he was surprised that Rob let me travel by myself. See? (laughs) Yep. I hate that person. Yep. Uh, To which... uh, my husband just fell about laughing and was like, oh, you haven't met my He's wife. Like, have you met my wife? The let piece? Yeah. Mm. Permit me to travel by myself. Wow. Yeah. So the old fashioned stuff, I think that because everyone lives in their old little bubble, right? We all think that our opinions are everyone else's opinions. It's really staggering when you come up against those old-fashioned opinions and realize they never went away. They're still really prevalent. They start rearing their ugly head on Facebook, and suddenly you're like, I'm looking at the friends that I see on Facebook, and I'm like, I had no idea. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Get back in your time machine. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Emmanuel? I also hear some comments of when my boyfriend and I go on trips independent of each other. People Mm -hmm. are like, oh, why isn't he with you? 
And it's like, because we have different interests mm-hmm. and different lives. Mm. He can go to Thailand while I'm in Greece. We're globetrotters. Exactly. That's what we do. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> I'm so humble in this moment. <laughs> yeah. The top of the humble list. <laughs> also, this societal pressure to like spend all your time with your person. Like, Listen. we need time alone. We need to have our own things going on. And also, friendships are another type of relationship in our lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not all about the romantic relationship. Exactly. I have proposed to G that we sell the house and buy separate condos so that we can just, oh. in the same building, and we can just be live on the same, <laughs> like, he can live upstairs, I can live downstairs, we can visit, you take the kids this week, I'm going to take the kids this week, let's have a movie night, like, just, wow. the cohabitation it'll be like dating. Dream. Exactly. And also, because you get to then be like, good sir, would you care to <laughs> join me in my bed chambers exactly. tonight? You get to make a big deal of it. Exactly, it's like dating forever. I love it. So I salute Aisha for speaking her mind. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. She says that she's never been one to cage her emotions. She puts it all out there. And we should put it all out there, too. Let's stop adhering to these archaic relationship rules. Just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean you're not still wanting to know what your market value is. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you can't travel alone. Doesn't mean that you can't keep a blanket that is well made that was made by your husband's ex-lover, okay? Speak on it. Because if we live in a world where you can't keep that blanket, then it's gone mad. Thank you. It's the vegan epic. It's time for our journey through the highs and the lows of recent pop culture events. Mm. A peak of the week goes to the phone number 605-475-6968. Those are the digits you give to someone who is creepily hitting on you at a bar or elsewhere and asking for your number. When they end up calling, this is what they're going to end up hearing. Not the person you were trying to call. You've reached the rejection hotline. Unfortunately, the person who gave you this rejection hotline number did not want you to have their real number. We know this sucks, but don't be too devastated. So why were you given a rejection hotline number? Maybe you're just not this person's type. Note, this could mean boring, dumb, annoying, arrogant, or just a general weirdo. Maybe you suffer from bad breath, body odor, or a nasty combination of the two. Maybe you just give off that creepy, overbearing, psycho stalker vibe, and the idea of going out with you just seems as appealing as playing leapfrog with unicorns. Regardless of the reason, please take the hint, accept the fact that you were rejected, and then get over it. And please do your best to forget about the person who gave you this number, because trust us, they've already forgotten about you. You wow. know what? Yes, this is much better than the fake numbers I used to give out back in the day, because... That might be someone's actual number. Yes, that might be someone. <laughs> this, this actually gives useful tips and advice. Right. I, yeah, I just give the digits from the song, 8675309. He's like, Jenny, that's you? Oh my God. And it's a generational thing, because if they're younger, they won't understand that reference. Exactly. So the fun doesn't have to end there. You can also hand them 719-266-2837, and they'll hear this. Emergency Hall and Oats Helpline. To hear one-on-one, please press 1. To hear Rich Girl, please press 2. To hear Manita, please press 3. To hear Privatize, please press 4. You're a rich girl, and you're gone too far, cause you know it's oh, I've heard about that one. Is that the Call and Oates It sure is. Hotline? All I have to it say sure is, is I hope Hall and Oates is getting a check. Somebody <laughs> run the royalties. So thanks to the Rejection Hotline and Call and Oates, the Hall and Oates Hotline, you'll never have to text with a creep ever again. So peak of the week to the geniuses behind both of those mm-hmm. things, because it's a service we sorely need in this economy. Yeah, we do. 
So we are 538 days away from 2020, the election. Why would you remind me of... Because a zillion and one candidates are running and they're out in these streets doing the absolute most. One candidate in particular has had a lot to say. Let's listen. The younger generation now tells me how tough things are. Give me a break. No, no. I have no empathy for it. Give me a break. Because here's the deal, guys. We decided we were going to change the world. And we did. For the better or what? Because I mean, right? it's changed. But I just, I just, how many, can we talk stats for homeowners? Right. Can we talk stats? Like, let's talk about stats. Wait, to be clear, generation. is that Papa Joe? That is Papa mm. Joe in front of his peers pushing the idea that millennials <sighs> are whiny brats because thought, there aren't enough articles about that out here. I thought it was Uncle Joe. <laughs> I just like to associate him with the pizza. Ah. So he is right about one thing. His generation did remake this world, <laughs> like you mentioned, Jamidra, into a place where mm. we can't own a home yeah. and where the middle class is obsolete. Mm. So thank you for all the inherited doom, Joe. If this is the way you want to win the youth vote, keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, was this plan to woo the millennials? Because of mm. So someone who could easily teach Joe Biden a lesson on how to speak to our generation in a tough but constructive way. And keep his hands to himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well is Bill Nye. Here he is giving a stern lecture on global warming. By the end of this century, if emissions keep rising, the average temperature on Earth could go up another four to eight degrees. What I'm saying is the planet's on f***ing fire. There are a lot of things we could do to put it out. Are any of them free? No, of course not. Nothing's free, you idiots. Grow the f*** up. You're not children anymore. I didn't mind explaining photosynthesis to you when you were 12. But you're adults now, and this is an actual crisis. Got it? Safety glasses off, motherfuckers. Points were made. Mm, I'm just waiting for my kids to stumble upon that video on yeah. YouTube. Because <laughs> it's, it's only a matter of time. It's like, oh, Bill Nye, it's fine for the children. <laughs> it's fine. That yes. is three chili pepper icon spicy. Mm-hmm. So, pit of the week to Joe Biden for thinking he's going to win the youth vote by talking down to us. And another peak of the week to Bill Nye for standing up for what's right and making us laugh mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fiery debates that divide this nation, since our last episode, a war has broken out on social media over a pressing global issue. Hmm. I think it's important that we all pick a side now because history will remember. Are Aperol spritzes yummy or disgusting? Discuss. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know Aperol spritz? Oh, hell no. It's a drink? No. Oh, Jamidra, you're in for such a treat. Is Is this a European thing? I, yes. Originally, okay. It's, well, it's a delicious Italian beverage. You used to be a bartender. Yes. Come on, Aperol spritz. It's a liqueur, right? It's, and it just says Aperol on the bottle, and you add a little bit of prosecco, a little bit of soda, a couple of ice cubes, and just go and chill on your porch. Yeah, we didn't do that in my bar. And the lemon peel. And the lemon peel. <laughs> yes. Aperol spritzes are fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Well, someone at the New York Times doesn't think so. Oh. Her name is Rebecca Pepler. She says that it's like drinking a Capri Sun after soccer practice on a hot day, but not in a good way. Oh, she needs to calm down. She also called the bubbles in it garbage bubbles. Mm. Oh, but probably drinks LaCroix. Maybe, but let's not get carried away here. (laughs) We like LaCroix. (laughs) Well, Twitter had a field day arguing over this, and it seems like the cooler, as a unit, agrees that Aperol Spritz is that girl. Mm -hmm. She's not the only girl. Margarita is... My main chick. Got it. But she's one up. She can be in the crew. Yeah. Mm. Aperol Spritz is delicious, you know, kind of. And it gets the job done and it provides the rare opportunity to appreciate 
the color of orange because I usually hate it, but mm. in this, I like it. Oh, it is vibrant. It is reminiscent of a summer's day. Is it like Midori? No, that's green. Okay, well, <laughs> Jimmy, we need to go to the bar after this. <laughs> okay, so we've decided pick of the week to Aperol Spritz. 100%. And pit of the week to that think piece that said they're bad. Yeah. Pit of the week to the failing New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Trump was right all along. That's the only time I'll ever say that. <laughs> so I've never been into country music, oh. except for that one Dixie Chick song about reveling in the murder of a dude who abuses his wife called Goodbye Earl. Oh, yeah. You know that one? Mm. What about Old Town Road? No? I, I don't really like it. It's not really What? I don't. I like Old Town Road. Mm. Everybody likes Old Town Road. Except Everybody likes me. Old Town Road. Except for that woman who wrote the Aperol Spritz <laughs> Right. She's with me on this. <laughs> you know, country music in general, if I had to liken it to a drink, it would not be Aperol Spritz. It would be like a, a Bud Light that's been sitting out for a while. Mm. So the bubbles are gone. It just fills you up and it doesn't even get you drunk. It's <sighs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. I'm going to keep a lot of them to myself. But you I like will Bud? No. Okay. <laughs> Old style country music. I'm not a fan of like gotcha, Garth gotcha, Brooks gotcha. and all that. But give me some Glenn. And I'm not saying I'm right. It's just a personal preference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the other day, in my own fashionably late pace, I finally started leaning into the yeehaw. Oh. Thanks to Casey Musgraves. You know her? I've heard. She won Album of the Year this year at the Grammys. And you might have seen her memed reaction to winning. She's like, what? 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 <laughs> it's Me? Adorable. What? So love her for that. I also love her for what happened in Australia this week. Mm. She was playing Sydney. And people kept shouting out, shooey, shooey, shooey. And she's like, what? What is that? You guys are weird. And they explained to her, we want you to drink out of a shoe. Because ah. we have run out of ways to distract ourselves from impending apocalypse coming. This is to the snatch our classic Australian convention of appending E onto any word, which mm -hmm. is why that we think that selfie comes from Australia. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So her response to the crowd saying this was, quote, I am not drinking out of your shoe. Thank you. I'm with End you. Quote. And I don't blame her. Mm. Like some stranger's foot because she was wearing open toe shoes. Ah, so she's so going to run right do it out. out of her own. But even that, why? Why? Mm. Toe juice is more disgusting oh, than oh. Bud Light. Mm. So the next night she was in Melbourne and this happened. Sydney, like I wasn't really in the mood. But it's our last show and... <laughs> Basically, you're welcome. This is a case study in peer pressure, is what it is. But I will have you know that she didn't drink out of any old shoe. She drank out of a glass Thank slipper. You. Okay, oh. all right. And she poured tequila in that. I'm with and you. And she chucked it back, mm -hmm. and she kept strumming her guitar mm -hmm. and singing about butterflies and rainbows. This is, okay. Those are literal songs She's she adorable. Nice. So I've decided to fully stand. I'm here with all the yeehaw people who have been here before me. Thank I take you. back what I said about country music. It can be good, including the song of the week, which comes from her last album, Golden Hour. It's called High Horse. Giddy up, y'all. Thanks to David Marcus, Susie Racho, and Ashley Ann Craigbaum. All original music is by Carolyn Pennypacker Ricks. If you miss us, find us on social media. I'm at Excuse My Beauty. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. And I'm at Jamitra Says. Bye. Bye.